The reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses 5 to 10, and it's on page 777. 777. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in a wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you're comfortable to do so, please can I invite you to stand as Mary brings our gospel reading this morning. You may wonder why we stand for the gospel reading. Um, It's all the word of God, but in a very particular way, the good news of Jesus comes to us in the gospel readings. uh, And that's why we stand. But also because it's a symbol and sign that the good news comes to the people and from the people. So there are other churches, and I quite like this, where people go into the middle um, of the congregation and proclaim the the gospel from within. And that's because it, it comes to life as the people of God read it and live it out. Uh, So Mary, please, can you read us our gospel reading this morning? The gospel reading is from Luke chapter 6, which is on page 1033, 1033 in the Church Bible. And it's called Blessings and Woes. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples were there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Hear the gospel. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise you, O Christ. 
May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please do sit. Jesus died penniless. Roman soldiers cast lot to divide among themselves. Jesus' only possessions, the clothes on his back. And he looked at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor. Jesus died hungry. There is no record that Jesus had everything, anything to eat the day of his death. What we call the Last Supper on Thursday evening may very well have been Jesus' last meal. He died on the cross Friday at sunset with an empty stomach. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who hunger now. Jesus died weeping. After his last supper, Jesus headed for the garden, and there in that olive grove we call Gethsemane. He prayed and he wept. He told his disciples, you are blessed when you weep. Jesus died hated. Caiaphas, the greatest religious authority in Israel, called him a blasphemer. The crowds wanted a murderer freed before they could see Jesus pardoned. And his disciples deserted him. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you when people hate you on account of me. I acknowledge this opener from a sermon by Brett Blair. I see it as our thought for the day. So this week, we hear teaching from the Sermon on the Plain from St. Luke's Gospel. It is so called in contrast to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. Scholars debate whether this sermon is another version of the Sermon on the Mount. The similarities are striking enough that many commentators see these passages as reporting the same event. Though others note that Jesus often preaches similar material on more than one occasion. And that could well be two similar sermons at different times. So we're probably more familiar with the Matthew passage, but today we're going to be looking at the Luke passage his version of the Beatitudes. These are not only shorter than the ones Matthew gives us, but also includes another section with opposites to the Beatitudes or blessing, the alas or woes. So just before this passage, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spends the whole night in prayer, 
his custom when he needs to make an important decision. When morning came, he calls his disciple to him and chooses twelve of them, whom he also designated apostles. They are named in the passage before our reading today, twelve different personalities called by Jesus to become fishers of people. So we start with our, in our reading today. Then Jesus came down with them and stood on a level plain. Here he connects with the crowds who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Also those who were troubled in spirit. Now as well as his disciples, Jesus is addressing two different groups of people. There were Jews from Judea and Jerusalem and Gentiles from Tyre and Zidon, a populated area to the northwest and south of Galilee, forming present-day South Lebanon. The Beatitudes, which mean blessings, do not only apply to the disciples who have given up everything to follow Jesus, but also to any potential disciples in the crowd and to us as disciples. So Luke speaks about blessings versus woes. A woe is not a curse, but an expression of deep regret. So here in Luke, we have four blessings which parallel the four woes. So we have poor versus rich, hungry versus full, sadness versus laughter, and persecuted versus being popular. Jesus turns social values upside down, or the right way up, depending on how you see it. The first message here has to do with the poor. We live in one of the most wealthiest cities, in one of the most wealthiest countries in the world. By the world's standards, we are rich, yet many struggle financially. There is often a wide gap between our needs and our wants, and it fills us with all sorts of anxiety and frustration. The Danish philosopher Søren Kiengaard once wrote, I walked into a spectacular cathedral surrounded by stained glass windows. I watched as the preacher, dressed in silk robes, opened a Bible with gold edges and read these words. If anyone wants to be my disciple, let them sell their possessions, give away their money, and come, follow me. In Jesus' time, poor people had no state support, no food bank, no NHS, 
there was little education and training, and because wealth was seen as a blessing from God, particularly in the Old Testament, there may have been a feeling that the person was responsible for their own situation. Rich and poor are not only material conditions. They can also apply to a spiritual state, as we see in Matthew, where he clarifies this by mentioning people or calling people poor in spirit. Being poor is also being willing to sacrifice all material goods, reputation for the sake of the kingdom on account of the Son of Man. Being rich is to be self-satisfied and unaware of the needs of others. In Luke, we, we see the story of the rich fool of Devizes and Lazarus. The focus should be to use our possessions for the greatest good. We're not saying that there's, nothing, there's something wrong with having money and resources. It's how we use them that we are talking about. And then there was the hungry. These people were starving, living off scraps of food from the marketplaces or dependent on gifts from others. And Jesus promised that they would be full. We hear Mary sing in the Magnificat. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. Then there was the bereaved. In Jesus' time, there were strict rules of mourning. Following the death, you were not allowed to change your clothes, walk, walk, or go to any kind of celebration for a whole year. But Jesus promised them joyful laughter. So, as we see, these woes exactly parallel the blessings. Poor, rich, hungry, full, weep, laugh, and revile you, speak well of you. Jesus wants us to shake up the way we manage our time, our money, and our relationships. Jesus wants to open people to God's values, which differ from human values. What Jesus speaks about influences attitudes then and now and for the future. Do we question the world's values to live under the lordship of Jesus as king? Do we want God's blessing on our lives? What of individual Christians, each of us, each one of us? And what about our values as church, our values here at St. Michael's? Well, we need to ask, are we living the blessings or the woes? Do we have a sense of vocation to be courageously happy 
in sacrificial service. What might my part, your part, look like as an individual? And what might it look as our church? There are some of the, these are some of the things that we do individually or as a church. Contribute to the food bank. Become a listening ear, visitor, and support for those who weep, who are sad, lonely, or broken. We pray for people. We support firm foundations. We heard a reminder of what we do this morning from Q. We are we have a street pastor. We have tea in the afternoon. We have toddlers. And we have English conversation. Many things it's good to just think about what we do do. We can bring good news to the poor, help the hungry, be with the isolated. Jesus brings the gift of salvation and we have our part to play in it. In the first reading, the prophet Jeremiah teaches us through curses and blessings, that's the language of the time, that we need to make a choice either to trust in human beings or to trust in the Lord. Depending on our choice, we will inhabit a dry wilderness or feel fulfilled, feel fulfilled and happy. It says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. If we trust in Jesus, we can become firmly rooted in his teaching. Like a firmly rooted tree, can withstand all weathers. We can know his teaching and his leading. We can bring good news to the poor, help the hungry, be with the isolated. Jesus brings the gift of salvation and we have our part to play in it. So I'm going to end where we began And I'm going to take each paragraph that we thought about at the beginning and allow space for you to reflect on that passage and what it means to you. So I suggest you get as comfortable as you can. You may like to shut your eyes. Jesus died penniless. Roman soldiers cast lots to divide among themselves. 
Jesus' only possessions, the clothes on his back. And he looked at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor. Jesus died hungry. There is no record that Jesus had anything to eat the day of his death. What we call the Last Supper on Thursday evening may very well have been Jesus' last meal. He died on the cross Friday at sunset with an empty stomach. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who hunger now. Jesus died weeping. After his last supper, Jesus headed for the garden. And there in that olive grove we call Gethsemane, he prayed and he wept. He told his disciples, you are blessed when you weep. Jesus died hated. Caiaphas, the greatest religious authority in Israel, called him a blasphemer. The crowds wanted a murderer freed before they would see Jesus pardoned. And his disciples deserted him. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you, when people hate you on account of me. Jesus is here with us now. There may be things that you want to speak to Jesus about. What would you like him to say to you? What would you like him to do for you?
remember that you are blessed. The Sermon on the Plain as that on the mountain is addressed to us. We are called to live by prayer, word and action, Christ-like lives. May God grant us grace to live by Jesus' life and example. So today... We pray that we would grow more like him. And in all that we do, we will be firmly rooted and grounded in faith. That our lives may reflect the world the right way up. Amen. Amen.